this morning and we're, um, we're going to look at quite a simple idea. I hope that's okay for you folks because I'm, I'm quite a simplistic person and uh, I want to keep it quite straightforward this morning. So, you know, if you want to chop in any point, that's great. Uh, you know how it works with me. Um, I try and be myself and we, we keep the conversation going. But um, should we just pray as we just uh, open our hearts to what the Lord wants to say? And uh, pray, please pray as well that perhaps something I say will um, speak to you. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would be here. Lord, we thank you that those songs that we have sung this morning speak of your story, your great wonders and your majesty, God. Lord, we thank you that you're the King of Kings this morning. And Lord, we give you the authority to speak into our hearts. God, you are good. And Spirit, you are here. Jesus, would you speak to us? Would you align our hearts with yours? And Lord, would you lead us in ways everlasting? In Jesus' name. Amen. So just before I start chatting, I thought it'd be a really good opportunity to tell you a little bit about what goes on here in the week. Um, I'm sure you've all got different ideas, you've probably heard different things, and I wanted to let you know some of the projects that run from Connect Community Church and the things that, that happen, um, because there is a reason why I would like to tell you, and it's about telling our story. Um, as a church. So we've got a few things that happen. We have a dairy house, which is a, a first stage hostel for people that find themselves in difficult situations. And they might find themselves on the street, rough sleeping. They might find themselves falling out of relationships and in a very tricky situation. And we offer a bed, fully catered, and support work for those individuals that need the support and love. So that happens up on Stratton-upon-the-Foss, which is about uh, a 20-minute drive. Um, it's an incredible project, and we have a team there that operate. And they um, operate throughout the week, supporting, helping, gauging kind of with these guys and gals, um, trying to help them broaden their expectations of what life's about. You know, they've hit rock bottom most of the time. And, uh, you know, through love, um, we try and reach out and, and share life with them um, to a point. And it's something as a church, I would love to be able, for all of us, to be able to speak into and share our lives and our journeys with them. We also have another project that runs here, and that has 18 people currently um, on our books, which is called a Housing First Project. And I thought I'd tell you about this because this is uh, something that you guys can be praying for. Please do pray for it. Um, we have 18 kind of reoccurring people that have found themselves in very difficult circumstances, constantly keep on happening. Um, but have chosen to go actually enough's enough something needs to change in my life and they get into a house and basically the whole team are about keeping that person in a tenancy it's not an easy thing to stay in a tenancy um, and that is the whole project is about keeping that person's tenancy which is quite an exciting project because that sort of help is hard to come by I can tell you that for sure. Um, it's a nationwide kind of thing, but we, we here in Wales, we have um, the opportunity to do that for 18 individuals um, across Somerset, uh, the, the Mendip district, um, which is now 
Somerset Council. And then we have a counselling service as well, which is run by a lovely lady called Zoe. And that is, um, we have 20 odd training counsellors. So it's a school for counsellors and they get to do their training and they get to explore what it is to be counsellors. And we offer that um, on a sliding scale of affordability, which is very exciting because counselling is very expensive and unreachable for a lot of people. So it's a very important step in being whole. Um, and of course, as a church, we offer Christ. And that is the ultimate answer, yeah? Um, and these projects are part and parcel of that, and we have had discussions about how that will look going forward in the future. But the reason why I wanted to tell you about those projects, one is because it's a great opportunity to talk to the church about what we're doing. So you can pray. You know what, what we're kind of encountering through the week. And as a community pastor here, it's the stuff that becomes my bread and butter every day with the teams and working with these people. They are incredible and they are loved. And I just hope that, um, you know, me, me sharing a little bit this morning that you can um, hear that. But I, I also want to set a challenge this morning. So if I get to the end and I haven't set the challenge, say, Jason, you haven't set the challenge. Okay? You haven't set the challenge. So there might be homework. Is that okay? Don't be so excited. I know that word probably triggers a lot of things for people, homework. Shall I say, we've got a challenge. We've got something to stretch us. Is that okay? Brilliant. <laughs> so when I first came here, working in the projects in the church, we, um, I kept on hearing a phrase. And the phrase was, um, we're not very good at telling our story. And I thought, that's an interesting thing to say. And I think the essence of it was that we did these things and we have these lovely things that are happening for some really good reasons. But telling the story of what was happening wasn't our forte and perhaps not our strongest point. And we're working on that. But it got me thinking. It got me thinking. It did. It got me thinking because I thought, it's interesting, isn't it? Because if I ask that question about myself... Am I good at telling my story? Am I good at telling his story? So this morning I want to talk about his story, our story. What is it to share the story of being a Christ follower? What is it to be sharing the story of following the one who saved us and brought us out of the miry clay, fixed us, put us back together, having the Holy Spirit pull us together, lead us, move us, counsel us. What is it to tell our story? So before we dive into some scripture, there's a few things we want to consider before we talk about this. When we share our story, do we just share the good bits, just the successes? Do we share the hard times, the suffering? Do we share the times where healing happens? Do we share the times where healing doesn't happen? And while datum, is it about us or who are we boasting in? Galatians 6.14, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Our datum is Christ. It is only through him 
that we have a story in his story. It's only through him that we can speak the truth of him being our firm foundation. So this simplicity of telling our story, it's a really little thing, but it's actually a key to a lot of things. And I believe the reason why I felt God was calling me to talk about this today was because I want to be able to tell the story that got me from here to here. Because I really believe that through our stories, when we testify the goodness of God, his promises and his love for us, people can't help but hear and be stirred. And I believe the Holy Spirit is in that. I believe the Holy Spirit uses our stories, our experiences of him to speak to the people. We will speak of his greatness and everything that he has done. Psalm 145, 6. They tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. So what is your story? How does his story fit into your story? Let's look at a lady, a woman, who Jesus encountered at a well. You probably know the story well. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, Wells is known for its well. And uh, the water runs down the sides of the road. I think there's a spiritual connection in the day that they used it to clean the streets. And they wanted to clean it, not just from all the, the blood and the muck from the fish and the meat, um, market, but actually to clean the spiritual element of the streets from the cathedral, which is quite amazing, isn't it? The spiritual heritage of that. But this woman at the well, Jesus met her in quite a difficult place, and she understood um, something of a Messiah figure that was coming, and she said, oh, you know, we are waiting for the Messiah. She understood something of that, and then Jesus revealed himself to her. And I want to pick up in John 4, and I want to pick up at 28 to 29. So this has happened. The encounter has happened. The woman at the well has encountered Jesus incarnate there, then, the person that will change her and did change her. Changed her thinking in an instant. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. And then we jumped to 39. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed with them for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. Why did I want to pick up on this bit of the scripture? The encounter and transformation of this woman was such that it moved her to tell her story. Now, she didn't give detail of all the things that Jesus told of her and actually there is little detail it just talks about her husband's the husband wasn't her husband at the moment and actually her lifestyle wasn't in line with the principles of the kingdom 
interestingly, that from that moment, something shifted in her because Jesus called it out and said, actually, this probably isn't the way. And if you really want to live, you need living water. And it's me who gives you that. That's Jesus saying, that's me that gives you that. Now, her life transformed. Her story became something of a great story because we're still reading about it. Jesus was there in the moment for her and her story became his story. His story spoke to many. She wanted to testify what Jesus did and said and was. So she did. She testified. The power of her story drew, drew people to Jesus. It was her testimony. It shone light on the things that the people needed from him. Her life change, changed and she couldn't stay quiet about it. You know, he had a way of speaking that even though he brought some level of correction, some level of steering and a datum for her life, a new foundation, that she knew his love. And because of that love, she knew that she could trust him and she wanted to proclaim his goodness because she knew she wasn't in a good place. Let's imagine for a moment that she went through that process of Jesus and she just carried her jars back to a house and closed the door. Just imagine that she took the water back to her home. She didn't leave it there. She didn't go, I need to go and tell people about this. But she said, well, that was fantastic. I'm just going to go home and not share. Many Samaritans from that point would not have heard the goodness of God and the transformational power of Jesus. Interestingly, even once um, this had happened, they actually said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you've said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we now now know that the man really is the saviour of the world. They then heard for themselves. They then encountered for themselves. For us, discovering our story, sharing our story, is one that we should be good at. And when I was reflecting this on, for myself... I'm thinking, Jason, when do you share your story? Where do you speak the life that Jesus has given you? Where do you give testimony of what God is doing? And if I'm honest with you, it's not easy, is it? It's not easy. It's not easy because I think we have a perception that, one, we need to say the right thing. And that's true. But it has to be woven in with what the gospel is about. It has to be woven in with what Jesus is about. 
we can't just, oh yeah, that worked for me, you know, so here we go, let me tell you about that. No, it has to be truth, it has to be biblical, it has to be in line. But the thing is, if you're like me, I try and use big words that nobody actually knows what it's about. Nobody really understands when you're talking to them outside of church context, even why the word resurrection of Jesus is important. They don't really understand when you say that, well, now Jesus has died for me. He's a sacrifice. And, I, you know, that sort of language is good in church, but not easy to share your story with. But they're important truths and they're important facts to our story. So how do we communicate our story? With truth and honesty and love. And Jesus loved to tell a story, didn't he? He loved the idea that he would use an example of life and be able to speak that into life, into somebody else, a parable. He would love to share um, things of, of the kingdom through a story that captured the audience that he spoke to. So why do we need to share our story? I believe that our story is the thing that unlocks the conversation with those that are lost. I believe it's the conversation where someone comes to you and says, Jason, I'm really struggling here, or this has happened to me, or actually I find myself in this place, or this thing's happened at work. And you go, okay, you might not understand it. You might not have ever been in that situation. But there might be something of your story that you need to share to encourage that person but by doing that, what you're doing is you're focusing the glory not on what you've done, but what he's done. And when you focus the glory on what he's done, that is the attractive bit. Not that you've done well or succeeded. Now I said, do we just share the good bits? Do we just share the victories? Now, over the years, um, I suppose an underlining theology that has been throughout my teaching that I've received is you, you live in the victory, you know, it's not great to show your sufferings, it's, it's not great to show actually you haven't got it all together. And I've come to the age now where I've kind of got to the place where, do you know, sharing in your sufferings and declaring actually things aren't always easy is actually okay because if you put Jesus in the center of those sufferings, then the story becomes real. The story becomes not a problem, but the story becomes a solution. And his promises stand. His promises stand because ultimately it's not for, for earthly reasons, it's for heavenly reasons. So his promises are for eternity, not for flesh now. Our final healing comes when we are with him in glory. Our stories can speak of the life, the vibrance, the glory of God and his presence. But it doesn't always have to be from a place of victory. It can be in from a place of suffering. A personal story of mine, I, for many years, was um, sung... Um, in worship and, and led worship um, with my voice and I love to sing praise and worship to Jesus. It's my greatest passion to be honest with you. I just love to be able to 
declare truths with those wonderful words of when I survey, you know, forbid it, Lord. You know, all the words and the craftsmanship of psalms and songs to speak of our God and in all his glory. And one day, um, my voice just disappeared. It went. Couldn't sing. It cracked. It just disappeared. This was six, six years ago. And my identity of singing and worship and having a voice and declaring God's goodness crashed to the floor like and at that point I was like ah who am I God why why are you letting me go through that what what's what's the point you know God I was doing your work Ah. I was singing I was worshiping I love to worship you God why would you let my voice break You know, I had that question for years. I went through all sorts of different processes of um, voice therapies and cameras up my nose and all sorts of things. And it was um, down to a paralyzed vocal cord. And I still have a paralyzed vocal cord to this very day. It's not gone. It's still there. It's, it's like a paralyzed arm or limb where, you know, there's a bit of movement maybe if you kind of you know, put some energy into it, but it's not there. It doesn't work 100% anymore. And uh, this left me in a bit of a desert place, in a wilderness. And I have to say, sharing my story became hard. Sharing my story that the good God that I believed in became hard because something personal, something that I love to do and worship with, stopped like that and I had to find something and I had to find the real reason why God was my Lord and why Jesus was my King I'm not saying he wasn't before but there was something about um, (laughs) there was something about the heart maybe that um, was deceived by identity position posture all those things. My story became fractured and I didn't have an answer. And I got drawn to a song called Do It Again. And this song talks about walking around these walls, um, the walls of Jericho. I thought by now they'd fall. And I remember, I was actually in the bath at the time, I remember hearing the words and I just wept because I was like, God, I've been walking around these walls, I've been waiting for your healing, I've been waiting for you to do a miracle in my life, but you haven't. You haven't, where are you, God? I'm alone. What, what, what's that about? And as I started to let God speak into my heart, it wasn't very comfortable. There was a lot of things that he needed to do still does I realized that I was walking around the walls knowing God's promises but actually ready to give up and actually the song spoke of the scripture of, you know if I had just carried on walking around those walls they would fall now the story is it wasn't all doom and gloom hallelujah the wonderful NHS operated on my throat back in the beginning of 
COVID. So I literally, a month before COVID hit and all lockdowns happened, I was able to have an operation, which was a miracle, really, the timing, because there was a big waiting list. And they basically injected into my vocal cord, into the paralyzed vocal cord, and filled it so that they would come together. Now, I'd like to say it's been plain sailing since then, and it really hasn't. My voice has never been back to, again, and I've learned to live with it. And I carry the memory and the scar of where God has led me and taught me. Why am I telling this story? I'm telling this story because what I've learned in my life through that experience, and it might not sound massive to you, and that's, that's absolutely fine. I'm not saying it for that reason, but what I'm saying is there was a process in my life that drew me closer to him. There was a process that got me out of this stagnant place, really. I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't. But God needs to shake you sometimes. And I'm not saying that he let my voice break. I'm not saying that. I don't necessarily think God does those things. Okay? But what I do believe that he allows things to happen for us, for our shaping and our molding. And when we're telling our story, we can't leave out the struggles because when there is victory, and I do have victory in him, and I love that I stand here a free man, saved by grace, saved by him. But I also know that this is just flesh. I also know that I am a child of God. But I can still get it wrong. I can still mess it up. And I have an opportunity to declare his goodness in whatever season, in whatever suffering, whatever victory. I have a purpose to speak of his goodness, to declare his goodness, and to declare the story that is his story that has become my story and our story. Wouldn't it be a beautiful thing that we were able to share our stories in those projects I said earlier? Wouldn't it be amazing to share your story with people that actually are ready to hear your story? I can tell you that because Jesus didn't accidentally talk about the harvest being ripe smack in the middle of the woman in the well. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but he talks about the harvest. Why wait for months? The harvest is ripe. It's ready. We don't have to wait, church, to tell our story. We don't have to wait for that amazing miracle to tell our story. We don't need that victory moment to tell our story because if you're sat in this place right now, you have a story. You have a story, and your story is his story. His story is weaved within your DNA because he created you for such a time as this to declare his goodness. You can speak how you became from light, uh, how you came from darkness to light. You can speak and focus how your self-focus turned to his focus. You can talk about how... You were obedient to his call. You can talk about how it hasn't always worked for you, but he's never let you down. If you haven't ever explored your story, if you've never even thought about a historical 
timeline of your life, can I encourage us? Can I encourage us to do that? Can I encourage us to think about some of those pivotal moments in our lives where Jesus has made himself king in your life? Where he is, you've accepted him as Lord, where you've said, God, would you do something in here? And maybe even when you didn't want him to do something in here, but he still did it anyway, and you were a broken mess. But you came out knowing that he's your Lord, and you know the goodness of God. I said I'd set you a challenge. The challenge is this, and to myself as well. We have loads of time over the next few months, haven't we? We've got years. But I want to put a time scale on this because I want to challenge us. Firstly, to think about our story in his story. To pick up on some little details that you think are important. Remember the datum is, we boast in him. Not in our self-doing, not in our self, but because of him because of his cross, because of his sacrifice. There's a quote here. Discovering your story is to examine the key experiences of your life and pinpoint when, where, why, and how you see this pattern unfold. I'll say that again. Discovering your story is to examine the key experiences of your life and pinpoint when, where, why and how you see this pattern unfold. Think about day one. Maybe you've never shared your testimony in church. Maybe that's a start. Maybe you can tell people that love you and care for you and want the best for you. Why don't you share a testimony? That's starting that journey of telling your story. Before we try and tell someone that knows nothing, maybe, or knows something completely wrong about Jesus. Um, you know, we, we don't make Jesus famous. He's pretty famous already. You know, he's the one of the most famous people ever in history. You know, every, um, every pretty much every nation has heard of him. There are still people that haven't heard of his goodness, though, and what he can do. So it's not that we have to make him famous, but we do have to speak the truth about him. And our stories declare that. So we can pray that the Spirit will lead us, will reveal to us. Maybe the moments of victory, maybe the moments of breakthrough, transformation, conviction. But the Spirit needs to lead us. And if it's through suffering, let's ask him to help us. Speak of our story. Speak of his story woven throughout our lives. So this week, maybe even right now, can we just ask that the Lord would lead us? That he would give us opportunities to tell our story? opportunities for us to actually think about our story you know when you're driving around in your van or when you're when you're going to um, do do what you're doing in your day you may be going to work maybe you're at work maybe you've got 
20 kids hanging off you. I don't know. Whatever you're doing, it, can, can we pray boldly that we would have time to think about his story in our story and, and kind of craft something um, not of wise words or eloquence and education, but to be James, to be Pam, to be Gary, to be Harry, to be David, to be Jason, to be you in how you share your story. Nobody can tell your story. Nobody can live the life that you've lived. You are the only person that can live your life with him. So do you mind if I pray and then the challenge is set? Does that sound good? Great. To let God reveal his story, your story in you, to think about it, to maybe put some words to it. If, you, if you're the sort of person that needs to write a song, write, write a poem, write, draw a picture, anything. If you need to do something. You know, I know people that have written a timeline on Excel spreadsheet of the goodness of God. You know, I don't know how the sums work, but it works. If that's the way that you need to express your story. And what that does is it will mean that you have something to share when someone asks you a question about Christ. Because the question might be something like, well, if Christ really was around, well, surely he wouldn't let me, this happen to me. Now, I guarantee any story that you share from that point would declare the goodness of God. It would. Like, it doesn't matter that it might not be about Jesus answering the question about what they're asking, but if you're sharing, this is the goodness of God in my life through Jesus, through the Spirit's leading, then that is what we can share. And I pray that those opportunities will happen to us this week. Shall we pray? Holy Spirit, we thank you that you lead us. Lord, where there's things in the way of that, Lord, we just surrender them to you. God, we give you permission to do your work in our hearts. Lord, our datum is you. We boast in you. We boast in what you've done on the cross, not through anything that we can do. But Jesus, your story is one that is magnificent and glorious. And the privilege that we have to walk with you, to choose you and to say that you are our friend. Lord, may we never lose sight of that glory. So Jesus, as we open our hearts to you, Spirit, would you speak deep? Would you reveal the wonders of your goodness? Just as maybe our hearts are thumping about something, Lord Jesus, would you speak deeply into how you've taken us from A to B? And Lord, would you give us a passion like this lady in the Bible, where she encountered you firsthand and she couldn't keep quiet. She couldn't go home. She had to go and tell her fellow Samaritans just how good you are. Lord, I pray that you would birth a passion in us today. We won't be able to stay silent, but we will be able to speak your story in Jesus' name. Amen.